0: The shadows of storm and night, the mysteries of life and light, from unearthly peculiarities
1: celestial and divine, to apparitions and transcendental signs, you're listening to To The Spirit Podcast.
0: Hi friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm your host, Beck steps off today, so I have the pleasure of interviewing a wonderful guest. My guest today has a master's degree in professional counseling. She's an intuitive counselor, an Akashic guide, and an energy healer. She shares something near and dear to my heart, music, as not only does she have great taste in music, but she herself is an awesome musician. She also has a podcast that I listen to, I subscribe to, and highly recommend called Weirdo, the Akashic podcast.
1: Have you ever felt there was more to the reality of our everyday world, that you sense and kind of intuitively understand things that you just can't explain, and that most people look at you sideways when you try to talk about it? Then welcome to Weirdo, the Akashic Podcast, a podcast for 5D people living in a 3D world. I'm your host, intuitive counselor, Akashic guide, and fellow weirdo, Mackenzie Grant now. Let's get weird.
0: Please welcome Mackenzie Grant. Hi, Mackenzie. Thanks for being here today with me.
1: Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, before we dive in, can you tell us where can people find you and your work?
1: Sure. So, My Akashic reading and intuitive counseling, energy healing practice, it's called Soul Claiming, soulclaiming.com. And you can read all about what I do there and book services. And then I'm on Instagram at Soul Claiming. Facebook is at Soul Claiming as well. And then my podcast, Weirdo, the Akashic podcast is at weirdo.pod on Instagram
0: and I definitely recommend my listeners check it out. And also I will link that all in the description of this episode. So it's easier to find. Tell me a little bit about yourself and when you came into all these wonderful gifts you have.
1: Well, I think like most, uh, intuitives, um, and I use the word intuitive. Some people refer to it as psychic abilities, clairvoyance. I mean, there's all different kinds of things that are involved in that, but my blanket word for it is intuition, my intuitive abilities. As far back as I can remember, probably being about four years old, really being able to pick up on things and sense things almost, I would know kind of what was going to happen next in situations. But I did not think that it was anything that anyone else wasn't feeling around me. I thought everybody felt These things and experienced these things. So I grew up in a pretty typical middle class household. Um, We went to church every Sunday. My parents were pretty progressive in a lot of ways. So we weren't highly religious in terms of like biblical and all of that. But it was just more going to church for the sense of community. And so when I started to kind of express to my mom in particular that. I had these experiences that I also felt like there was beyond just Christianity. There was a whole other universal kind of reality out there. And she was like, cool. Yeah, that that sounds great. She's like, believe what you want to believe, you know, like do your thing. So I just kind of kept that to myself. And about when I was in middle school, I think I shared it with a couple of friends who literally looked at me like my head had fallen off of my body. So I just was like, well, uh, maybe, you know what, maybe this is just for me. I, I kind of instinctively knew to kind of protect this part of myself. Throughout all that time, I was very involved in music. My parents are both musicians. So that became kind of my spiritual practice. And I would channel music and I'm a songwriter and a composer and a singer and multi-instrumentalist. And it just kind of all would happen very easily for me. And there were times when I was writing things where I was like, I did not write that. I didn't even just write that. That just came right through me. So that was really how I directed things. And basically, you know, in your teenage years, I I just kind of shut down in terms of uh, sharing that part of myself with people because it was not, well, it's funny, I I was just writing about this. When you hit your teen years and you're in high school, and you're taking aptitude tests, you know, one of the boxes to check is not, would you want to be an intuitive guide? Or, you know, (laughs) or or an energy healer or any of those things. I mean, that was not happening in the 90s. And it's, Still not happening now, but that's one of the reasons why I have the podcast and that I kind of have gone fully into this work is to encourage other people to have this be an accepted form of practice in your life and that we could talk about it. So I was a musician and did that for a long time. And then when I got married and had kids, I was busy doing that. But I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to work with people. And really the only box that was available out there was counseling or therapy. And I was particularly called to working with children. And so I went into a school counseling, a master's program, professional counseling, and my concentration was school counseling. In doing that work, a lot of my boxes were being checked in terms of connecting with other human beings and giving guidance. However, I was picking up a lot of things and it was really hard for me to not be able to share the intuitive information I was getting and so that kind of led to me over the next, you know, 5 years uh, until now really deciding to fully embrace this and do this as my as my calling, as my work.
0: I'm noticing patterns within I want to call them light workers like yourself and they're usually kind of right-brained Very creative of service to others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's awesome. As an intuitive counselor, what does an intuitive counselor do exactly?
1: There are many different forms of counseling that you can practice. And you have like a toolbox. All counselors or therapists have a toolbox. You know, they learn cognitive behavioral therapy, Gestalt, they learn all different things. And for me, one of my tools is. When I pick up on intuitive information, spirit information about a client, I'll get a hit about a client and say, did this happen in your past or did your mother experience this? And they'll say, yes, they they did or yes, or something like this happened to her and say, okay, well, it's, this is kind of affecting you now. And that is something that when you're just doing traditional counseling, it would be kind of odd to just say, hey, I've got this hunch about something. Um, right. You can. And th- that's typically what I did prior to kind of like being out as an Akasha guide, but there were kind of boundaries to that. Like you can't ask certain questions. You can't go certain places. And then in intuitive counseling, you've been given the permission to kind of go there with the client. And I only work with adults now because minors, you know, you need... That's, that's a whole other situation, uh, working with children. And so I typically just, I only work with adults. It's just one of those things that like, it's another level of connecting with the person and doing work on another level of consciousness, <laughs>
0: right. uh,
1: which is really great. And it provides a lot of I think it provides people like a lot of motivation and momentum because when you see like, why am I stuck here? What, what is this obstacle? And I can make that connection to something that happened or is going to happen or something from another lifetime that you've experienced or another energetic entity you've been it's like the light, you can see their light bulb clicks. They're like, I've always felt that way. I'm like, yes, that's, this is why. So it's it's just really cool.
0: Really rounds things out and it gives you an up to kind of an up when you're doing the counseling. Yep. You also are a Reiki practitioner as well. And I'm assuming that comes into play with the healing aspect of it.
1: Yes. So I love Reiki and One of the things that I love most about Reiki is how you're really encouraged to make it your own. You learn the hand positions, you learn, you know, the different healing symbols. A good Reiki teacher will support you and, you know, basically saying like, do what feels right because that's the Reiki energy going through you and working the way it needs to work for the client. And so for me, it was really, I was called to Reiki a few years ago, but I didn't actually become a master practitioner until I started you know, doing Akashic readings because I wanted to really incorporate it into working in the records. So I open a client's records and then I ask for the Reiki energy for me to be a channel. And I use their spirit guides and their highest self to guide me in their body. And it's like, I'm getting even more direction than just if I was just doing the Reiki. And also, For me, working in the Akashic Records, it's like tuning in a dial for me on the radio station. It it feels staticky, but once I go into the records, everything becomes really clear. And so I get really, I, I feel like I get more channeled, clear information in terms of how to help a client energetically.
0: Very similar to Edgar Cayce. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. My mother's a a Reiki practitioner as well. She's a Reiki master, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't have the abilities you have. So to have that is just like a powerhouse. But I want to have our listeners understand what Akashic records are. Because when I think of Akashic, I think of a vast library. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what the Akashic records are and how do you get into that?
1: Yeah. So a lot of Akashic readers and guides and practitioners, there's many ways you can interpret it, kind of like the Bible or the Quran. You know, it's like some people literally when they go into the records, it's like they're looking in books and they're opening books and they're looking in pages and they're getting information. And I personally experience it as a field of energy, but to all of us who work in the records, it is the access point for getting All of the experiences of a soul's consciousness through time and space. So any of the experiences that any entity has experienced, it's contained in that field. In that energetic warehouse in that <laughs> in that library. So you can call it different things and different guides experience it differently. And everyone experiences their records differently. So that's another thing that, like, when people are like, Well, if I want to go into my own records and I I'm not seeing the things you're seeing, it's like, yeah, you you are an individual, just like you know, your your soul is an individual. You're going to be given information in a way that you can understand it. So if you're not seeing books, that's because that's not how you're supposed to see it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it's a compendium of all that has, is, and will be in our universal experience.
0: That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, can anyone just go in and access their records? Or is it kind of like being a waitress? Not everyone can be a waitress, but they can
1: try. (laughs) Yes, I believe just like I believe anyone can be a musician. I believe anyone can access their records. That being said, I think that people are born on a spectrum of kind of intuitive abilities. But I think that you can practice and get better at recognizing what you're getting and what works for you and how best to kind of access that there are different kind of blessings or meditations or prayers that people can say to enter their records. And I try not to influence anyone in terms of you know what they use or what they do. I worked with a teacher and I use her pathway prayer. And um, they're all very similar where you kind of are centering yourself and you say the pathway prayer. And then some people visualize a door, some people visualize a threshold. And once you pass into that, you're within the records and you can get information from there. You know, it takes practice learning how to hear what you're getting or see what you're getting, but anyone can do it. That's one of the things that I plan on talking about more in, in my own podcast is how to really work with your intuition and your guides and getting information because we all have that capacity. Some people shut it down. Some people have it and don't even realize they have access. But yeah, we all can do it. Just some of us are a little more tapped into it than others.
0: Is there a time limit?
1: <laughs> a time limit? Uh, no. But from my experience and from other guides and readers that I've talked to, it's like you kind of know when you're in there. Um, when you're done getting the information, working with a client for me, I kind of I go into a not another state not an altered state but it's almost like I'm going through a tunnel and uh, when I'm in a session with a client it's a pretty intense experience so I can't do more than an hour and a half when I'm in my own records I've been in there sometimes it's 10 minutes other times it's been 45 minutes but you know you don't walk around with your records open all day i mean some people do i don't know i but i you know for me it's it's a more intense experience because our humanness isn't really used to kind of Interacting being in that way. You got to build up your stamina. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, Totally. Do you need permission to access someone else's records? Yes. Yes. So I can't open my husband's records or my children's records. I don't open anyone's records unless they have specifically asked me to. And in terms of working with a client, when they book a session with me, that is them asking me to read their records. And so I have a pathway prayer that I say to open another person's records. And then I have my own pathway prayer that I say. So you can't just go around opening people's records. Quite frankly, I don't feel like it would work anyway. I might get intuitive information about people, but that's very different than going into their records.
0: Does the Earth have its own Akashic records and do other planets have Akashic
1: records? Yes, everything, every single thing, all matter, everything has its own Akashic record. So yes, I have gone into the records for Mother Earth, for Gaia. I've gone into the records for a tree on my property that I happen to feel a strong connection with, rocks, crystals, all of it. They all have energetic information. And it is in the Akashic records.
0: Do we reincarnate to different planets? And is that information in our records?
1: Yes, we do. So what's really cool, and it's really hard to explain, like for me, this is something that kind of, this is why the records resonated with me immediately when I learned about them is from a young age, I could feel that like everything was always happening all at once. And in the records, time isn't linear. So we are experiencing realities, different dimensional realities, as we're sitting here. So it's kind of hard for our human brain to understand, but we exist in different energetic forms, different planes of existence, different dimensions. But if we're going to think about it in terms of linear time, some of us have lived as beings in other galaxies. Some of us have lived as animals especially when we do an earth life. And I think being a human, this is one of the things that it helps being a human guide is understanding that the human experience is one where when our soul chooses to have a human experience, uh, we kind of sign on the dotted line that we will abide by certain rules and laws of physical form and all of that. But we've experienced other realities. So that can come into play in our human lifetime. And when we leave this human lifetime, we go through kind of a debriefing and we talk about what we learned and what we still need to learn. And we may choose to come back into human form after that lifetime, or we may choose to go work in the Akashic Records, be a messenger, be a guide, be a a transporter. Like there's so many different things you can do. I've done readings for people where they're like, well, I want to know about all my past lives. And I'm like, well, you've really only had two other human lives so far, but you've had other experiences. So there's so many different experiences that our souls have had, and it's not necessarily going from human life to human life to human life to human life.
0: There's a little bit of quantum physics involved because I've heard we live many lives at the same time, Mm -hmm. and there is no linear time working with spirits. I've realized that as well. Receiving messages myself, Mm -hmm. they can give me a warning, and it may not come to fruition for five years. Mm -hmm. And that actually leads me into one of your episodes. I think it was episode four. You were talking about the November Akashic records. Mm -hmm. And you were saying that the masters and the teachers that guide us, they spoke about being at the crossroads and that we have people have changed, though possibly our exterior, such as material world may not have around us. And that our fabric of our being has changed. Mm -hmm. And Allow yourself to look back again, but what you're seeing is no longer you. What was fascinating about that reading that you gave was the same day I actually went in and I do ITC EVP work where I speak mm-hmm. to spirits through machines. Mm-hmm. Or, and they had told me on that day your fate has changed,
1: hmm. and
0: I found that very fascinating because I listened to your podcast later and thought, wow, mm-hmm. that's really crazy because her message is tied into what I was receiving as well.
1: Yeah. That is the really wonderful thing about the records is you receive the information when you need to receive it, and it's just as applicable. So if you had listened to that and gotten it four years from now, it would be what you needed in that moment. There is a huge collective energetic shift that's happening. I mean, we we can feel it and see it. You know, There's a lot that's happening, and it's not coincidental. It's not an accident. We are seeing things in different ways, and it's all toward our collective you know, evolution as a species, as a planet. I love getting those messages. When I go into the records for those readings, it's to give guidance for the people who connect with me, whether it's through my website or through the podcast or through Instagram. It's anybody who is needing that guidance, that's who I call that for. And so I love that that spoke to you and it was right on the money.
0: <laughs> definitely resonated with me. I was like, ah, synchronicities, they work such yes. wonderful magic. Yes. When you go into these Akashic records, do you get global messages, things that are maybe warnings or signs of things to come, things to prepare for?
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting because before COVID happened, I was having a lot of messages that were very like, uh, apocalyptic isn't the right word because there wasn't a sense of fear, but it was a sense of, we need to have a deep reverence for life and for what is happening on the planet. And it was very clear. I was getting messages that like life as you know, it is going to fundamentally change I started to get those messages in November of 2019. So when I started to get those messages and then when I heard about COVID and what was happening in China, I immediately knew this was going to be a global pandemic. It wasn't fearful in me. It just was like, oh, this is what they're talking about and we're leveling up like this is going to be a huge, huge challenge. And it's asking a lot of us. It's just been heartbreaking and challenging and inspiring all at the same time, which is kind of what happens when a planet and a species goes through a complete growth spurt. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, So yeah, I was getting messages about that. And then a lot of my clients were asking me about the election, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I did make a prediction about that and uh, it's all come true. just for my own you know edification, I wrote it down and I showed it to my husband and to my sister just you know back in October when I got the information, I was like, this is what's gonna happen And they were like, all right, we'll see. And they have said you were absolutely right and it's all playing out as my guides gave me information on so.
0: We are just in the thick of it, aren't we? I mean, mm-hmm. I know we're at this crescendo, speaking to other guests, we're coming into the age of Aquarius, mm-hmm. there have been a lot of intuitives that feel this wave of change coming. Mm-hmm. A lot of them say it's positive, but I think that there's going to be setbacks and the challenges that we're going to have to get through to make it through the other side <laughs> as humanity.
1: We can't have light without the darkness. A lot of the messages that I get when I go into the records talk about this balance Our goal is to work through these challenges while trying to stay balanced. Because if we give in too far any which way, it doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve our growth as people, as spiritual entities. So it's really about embracing both sides of it and trying to kind of float in that middle space through it all, which is really hard. But I really feel like we're learning, we're learning a lot about how to do that in this time. And to find middle ground, to find common space, because we're not going to survive. Otherwise, if we can't figure out how to balance the dark and the light and embrace both of them and walk through this.
0: I agree. I feel like it's a cyclical thing as well. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, humanity goes through this. Mm-hmm. Viruses come and go. Catastrophes come and go. Earth changes come into play. And there has to be this reset mm-hmm. and the balance that you're speaking about. Mm
1: hmm. Everything moves toward balance and we swing in different directions, but the earth and our bodies and our energies all want to move toward balance. And so when we go too far one way, we have to come back and maybe overcorrect. And then we, kind of, you know, it's like kind of finding this balance. And we've been doing that for a long time as a species on this planet. You know, hopefully we're moving toward finding greater and greater equanimity and that middle ground for everyone. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. It would be great. Um, it would be great. We can do it, guys. We, we can do it. We can. not I mean, it's where we're going. It's where we're headed. It's just kind of realizing that that is the end goal and it's a beautiful one. And yeah, I'm excited for the age of Aquarius. My daughter's an Aquarian and man, she is a next level, next level lady. <laughs> she's only four and it's just like whoa yeah all right this is i'm excited for what's coming in the world so yeah
0: when you access the records for an individual and i think this is where it gets confusing even for myself are you able to see split offs so if someone maybe took a left instead of a right Mm -hmm. is that also in the records and i guess my main question is what do you see in the records what do the records show you
1: right so that's a good question um the records show me what the client needs. When you ask questions of the records, who I'm talking to when I go into a client's records is their highest self, the soul that manifested is living this human life and their soul guides. And we have soul guides who come in and out of our energy and in and out of our lifetime to support us and get us where we're supposed to be going and when i say supposed to be going there are many paths we can take and there are many ways that we can kind of get where we need to be there are paths that are more in alignment with what our soul needs and that's why going to the records is great because the soul can speak directly to me and there's soul guides who can be like hey we're over here and we really kind of want you to come over here i've had readings with clients where i was like wow you went down a path for a while that was really out of alignment and then this happened, and it, I see you like made a sharp right turn, or you've been for the past five years kind of coming back into this alignment with your soul's path. And so, yeah, I definitely see that. But in terms of like what I see, I'm given what the client needs and what the guides want them to hear or to understand. So sometimes I'm given images. Sometimes I talk about I have like a third ear. A lot of what I get is almost like I hear them talking. It's not like disembodied voices, but it's I mean, it's hard to describe, but it's it's like an built, inner voice. An inner right? voice. Yeah. But yeah. it's not it's definitely not my own. And I can also tell the difference between their soul's voice and their spirit guides. And the spirit guides, interestingly, like the way I experience them, I call them like the committee and they kind of are the huddled group that Kind of huddles around the soul and they love to share information. They love to talk because they all think they're experts in what they do. So, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Which which is great. Um, But uh, but they really I mean, they're experts on that person, which is really cool on that soul that they're working with.
0: And I think everyone needs to know that as well, which I try to impress on people I speak with, is that we all have this team around us. When you speak of, you can hear the individual's voice as well as the guide's voice. The individuals at their higher self, and it's, then as yes, far-
1: it's their highest okay. self. It's it's the soul that like it's it's almost like i see them as like the baby that the infant that they came to this world as and i don't see them as an infant but like i can see their whole timeline almost of what that soul wants and what it came here for
0: the guides, are they your guides or their guides or a combination of both? Right.
1: When I go into my records to do, you know, my own practice, I'm talking to my guides. When I go into a client's records, I'm talking to their guides and their highest self. My guides are not a part of it. So I've been given permission to speak with their guides they also know that I'm a light worker and that I came to this planet to do this work with humans. And so when I open the records, they're like, oh, great, here's a light worker. Let's go talk to her. She's tuning into us. We want to give information. So my own guides aren't part of it. The two never happen together.
0: Do you ever go in there and see anything extraterrestrial?
1: Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> so the way that I've experienced it is again, the way that I experience the, the Akashic Records is as an energetic field. So the first thing that I pick up on is like an energy, and I can tell if it's a human or non-human energy, mostly because I'm a human. So I can pick up on what you know what is human. And then when it feels different, I can tell if it is kind of like an astral being that uh, is from another planet, or I can tell if a person has existed as a different astral being. That is how I experience it. Is every
0: being in there benevolent?
1: Yes. Every being is benevolent. That's interesting because it's, it's something that I'm about to talk about in my next episode. If you ever talk to a spirit guide or a psychic or someone who says you have demons around you or anything like that, I would be really hesitant to believe that because that may be something that the psychic or the reader is experiencing. That is not what happens when our soul's you know, are in the Akashic field or when entities are there, any of the information that you're getting is to support you and your highest good. Now, do I sometimes pick up on information about human beings that exist around the person currently physically that have low vibrational energy or are not in the person's highest good? Yes, that happens in terms of like on the planet, you know, in human form in relationships But not within the records. There's no like malevolent beings.
0: The information I've researched throughout my time, we come back and we play these different roles. Mm -hmm. Um, We we kind of make this life plan. If we make this contract, this life plan as to what role we're going to play, maybe this lifetime I might be, you know, my mother's daughter, but next Mm -hmm. lifetime I might be her sister. Mm -hmm. Does the Akashic account for that as well?
1: So the records are constantly changing. That's the other thing. Okay, they're fluid. They're fluid. That's another thing that it's really hard for me to explain it because it's something I've always understood. And then to try to like verbalize it to other people, but they're always changing. They're not fatalistic. There's not like some stone tablet that you signed. There's more agreements that you make. Well, humans have free will. We have agency. That's one of the reasons why we manifest is to experience having this free will, this agency where we make kind of human decisions and have these human experiences. And a lot of like what our souls come to do are really to gain wisdom and knowledge and experience and resonate at a higher level and consciousness. They want to expand their consciousness. And so when we talk about making a soul contract, I have a really hard time like using words contract and things like that, because that's what people know they know those words, but it's, right. it's almost like agreements. You may have people who you make these agreements with, humans that you make these agreements with that come into your life and you have a period of time where you are in relationship with them in some fashion or sort. And that was something that you were meant to do, to have this experience. It doesn't mean that experience is written out as how it should go. It's meant okay. you're, these two souls are meant to have this experience together and see where it goes kind of thing.
0: I have a million dollar question for you. Okay, (laughs) Okay. I love astrology. I love numerology. Mm -hmm. I love all of the esoteric. My life path number states that I'm a 33, Mm -hmm. which is supposed to be a master number, an end of the life cycle. I'm also Pisces and I know in astrology, that's the end of the zodiac. So in my little brain, I'm like, this is it, baby. I'm on my last go round here. Speaking with different people, I'm getting different answers. Is the cycle of reincarnation Does it just go over and over and over? Or is there a point where you reach an ascendance?
1: Right. The way that I've experienced it in the records and from how I understand it and the information that I kind of (laughs) intuitively know is that we are ascending and ascending and ascending. I don't know that there is an end point to that ascension, but I do know that just as human beings are constantly evolving and growing as individuals, we're evolving and growing as a species, we're evolving and growing as a universe. And so our soul is doing the exact same thing. As far as I know, I don't know the the end point, but I do know that there are ascended masters that have reached a certain level of resonance and understanding and wisdom, but I have to believe that they are experiencing and growing as well. So I just, I feel like there's no limit. That shouldn't be something that we fear or are afraid of. We don't want to get off of the ride. We may want to get out of our humanness, but the ride is a fantastic one. Our souls want to experience all of it. I love numerology and I find it fascinating in my own particular numbers and it's pretty spot on, but you know, it's all part of it. And I also think that there are meanings to things that we don't even yet understand and comprehend that will be shown to us as we progress. You know, we'll have greater understanding of why we experience things or why we were given information we were given. So
0: you don't like the word psychic and medium, but. I, it's not that i
1: don't like them i i have no problem with them personally i think that there's a connotation to them in terms of societal views that can be negative i don't like labels of any kind but i do know that it you know we need them as humans to understand things so you know when people are like well are you psychic i'm like if if that's if that's how you understand it then yes but i feel like it's bigger than just being a psychic or a medium like people who have these abilities have one foot kind of in this human place in this world, and also be able to very easily step into this other phenomena. Does that make sense?
0: I totally agree. I actually use that analogy as well. It's uh, having a foot between both worlds, mm-hmm. kind of like a spirit walker. I know we all have these intuitive abilities, mm-hmm. and some of us tune in better than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us just ignore it all together.
1: Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or push it down as far as they can because it someone has told them it's not okay. I mean, a lot like any of our other things that we are or present to the world, if it scares other people or people don't like it, they can shame you and our humanness allows us to feel that shame and push it down. I meet more people now than ever who are like, Yes, I get what you're doing. I hear what you're saying, and I'm so glad that like you're a person who's just talking about it and making it out there and open to talk about. Because I just feel like there's stigmatization. Hell, women were like burned at the stake for, you know, for this. Oh, so yeah. it's not, it, it's, it's not, it doesn't always have a positive, you know, connotation to it. For us who are part of this work, we think it's wonderful. I mean, other people think it's demonic or, you know, whatever. So it's just, you just got to kind of know that words have power, labels have power. So I try to give it a different word so that it, it doesn't have some of that other connotation to it. But I personally don't think it has any negative meaning whatsoever, a medium or, or psychic. I think it's all one and the same, really. People have different abilities within their uh, intuitive abilities and different strengths. It's just whatever, you know, you want to call it.
0: I remember when I wrote my book, I said, I'm coming out of the paranormal closet. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it has felt like for me as well. I've had almost everyone in my life has been very accepting of it. But I have a few people who are just like, hmm, I'm not even going to acknowledge that part of you. And, and that's okay. That's for them. I think they're
0: operating out of fear. And you'd be surprised that they might come around, because it's happened with me. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Mm -hmm. They actually end up coming around and saying, you know, I'm kind of having this problem. And it's like,
1: yep, yep. Yeah, I think most people have had experiences. And then when they start to kind of do the math, they're like, oh, maybe I am having similar experiences. Maybe this isn't a bunch of baloney. Maybe, maybe there's something to this. And what's the harm in trying to learn about it and tap into it?
0: I've been noticing an uptick in spiritual activity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've been noticing this with people I've been interviewing. I've been noticing this with friends in mm-hmm. my circle, people that aren't even in my circle that are reaching out, sending me videos and writing me letters. Are you noticing this uptick? And is there something in your opinion that's bringing this out more in these times?
1: Mm, I absolutely am. It's, uh, I mean, I feel I I can feel the energy The way that I experience it, again, we all experience it differently, but like I can sense that our energy is fundamentally shifting. And when we go through these kind of shifts and these growth spurts, I kind of compare it to... You know, it's happening because when a child goes through a developmental phase, like uh, when young children, you know, every six months or so go through a growth spurt, they kind of turn into like little jerks for a while. And you can tell they don't really know what's happening and they're not comfortable in their body. And you're just like, what's going on with this kid? And then two weeks later, all of a sudden they're speaking in full paragraphs. They're, you know, they're walking um, on a balance beam correctly, like just they've incorporated all of this new programming. And that's what I feel is happening right now. We've hit the tipping point in this past year in terms of like, whoa, like we've just been like, what the hell is going on? And I don't like this and all of this disruption, but also massive growth and massive new understanding. And so it looks kind of wild, but that's, that's how it works. I mean, and especially for humans, because We've got a lot to kind of incorporate in terms of getting this kind of new energetic and spiritual programming. Like we've got to integrate it physically. We've got to integrate it mentally. I mean, we haven't even talked about the fact that we have a mind, we have a brain that goes off on its own a lot, you know, separate from what even our heart and our soul and our soul guides, you know, it's like this brain has gotten to a place where it just goes on its own. And so it's learning, it's all of us learning how to incorporate this, for lack of a better word, programming that we're getting, this new download of information from the universe that we're moving through.
0: And it's coming quickly. I'm telling people not to be afraid of it, to embrace it. If you're hearing your name called and it doesn't seem threatening, Mm -hmm. speak to that. Yeah. There's got to be a message Mm -hmm. in there for you. and, And that ties into the growth that you're speaking about and the change.
1: Yeah. It's all toward our highest good. So I try to tell people not to be afraid of it as well. And I've likened it to like, I had to tell some clients like, look, it's like you're getting onto the roller coaster. The ride is going to smooth out. Buckle up, (laughs) put the thing (laughs) over your head. You're going to be on the ride, Um, but you're going to get through it. And and man, you're going to feel great on the other side. And it's going to be a whole new kind of feeling, a whole new existence for all of us with new understandings. I personally feel like it feels like it's happening fast now, but- we've been coming into this for a while. And so it feels like it's happening exponentially, especially with the advent of like all this new technology, you know, actual technology that we have is giving us a lot of challenges spiritually. So it's propelling us to like grow and to evolve, really kind of speed it up a little bit. I feel like we're in it right now. It's happening. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild, but I think it's a good thing.
0: I do too. I think it's a time where we need to reflect on ourselves mm-hmm. and who we are, and and the people that are around us. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll just be shooting into that golden age if we could just make it through, yeah, uh, the turbulence.
1: For me, one of the bigger messages is we're being called by the universe to really examine. What has value for us as humans and as spiritual beings on a planet? What has value for us? What is effective? How do we want to live on this planet? And what do we want to perpetuate? And what is kind of eating us from the inside out? We're seeing that too. So what is no longer sustainable? And I don't, you know, I don't just mean environmentally. I mean, in terms of how we interact with one another, what can we get rid of? What can we release is no longer serving us. And it's really like we're being called to call to the table. Okay, you guys are gonna have to dish some things now because this is not going to work. We're seeing it all happening.
0: A shedding of the material. Uh And that's been a frequent message I've been getting along Mm -hmm. the way as
1: well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and a, a shedding of the material and and for me it's also been integrating the spiritual part of ourselves and by spiritual I mean that this part of us that is immaterial that is not this humanness that is not just the atoms and the you know, carbon and all that it's integrating that energy that we are and being able to live fully as all of those things because I feel like we've just focused so much on the material for for so long but we can integrate all of it.
0: Is there anything that you would tell our listeners, any message you would give, anything Mm -hmm. that you would, want to say.
1: I would say two things, I guess the two biggest things. Being a human is hard. So, it's hard. It's a noble endeavor to come into come earthside and be a human because it is hard. And if you are a person who sometimes feels like you straddle both realities, it can be even harder. And so, just know you're not alone and know that you're not crazy. It, it is hard. And so, be kind to yourself and love yourself and just really listen to yourself more, listen to what your, for lack of a better word, what your heart center, what your soul is telling you, because that is what's true. And more and more, you folks who are empaths, who are light workers, who are intuitive, you're being called to help bring everyone kind of through the eye of the needle. And so hang in there and be kind to yourself and just know you're not alone. The other thing I would say is that you have so much support even when it doesn't feel like it, but you can ask, you can ask for help from other humans, but you can also ask for help from the energy and supports that are around you.
0: That is beautifully stated and a beautiful message. And it's so true. Yeah, (laughs) Mackenzie, you have been awesome to talk with. Thank you. Um, It's
1: been awesome to be on here. I'm (laughs) so happy to be here.
0: I encourage my listeners to go check out her podcast. It's an awesome podcast. It's informative and it's not overly lengthy. It's it's actually perfect. <laughs> you can get it. You know, I like to listen before bed. So check out Weirdo. Also, if you're as interested in the Akashic as I am, check out her soul claiming website and maybe set up an appointment. I mean, I might be doing that myself. <laughs>
1: awesome. I love to work with people. It is the joy of my life. So other than my kids, (laughs) I love working in the Akashic records and working with clients and their soul guides. So
0: thank you for your time and for being a part of this episode, this podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I hope to have you back again sometime. Would love to see see what the updates are.
1: Yeah, (laughs) would love to would love to. I'm sure there's gonna be lots more to talk about.
0: Oh, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mackenzie. You're so welcome. To the spirit
0: podcast. Supernatural science. I'm ghost, I'm ghost, i ghost,
1: I'm ghost. Psychic. Mystic. Myth- <laughs> spirit. Divine source. Heaven. It's <laughs> magic, man.